section thirty of heroines of fiction by william dean howells this librivox recording is in the public domain the heroine of kate beaumont if we put aside the romances of hawthorne and the romantic novels of cooper we can hardly find much fiction of american scope and import before the civil war except uncle tom's cabin that was a great novel marred by defects of art and fettered to a cause but still a great novel and really the earliest american novel after the war we began to have other novels of material proportions and first among these were the stories of j w de forest a brevet major of volunteers and a veteran of the vast army then fading back with the weather-beaten blue of its overcoats into the common colour of the popular life his distinction was thereafter civil and literary and for the purposes of this paper it will be convenient to call him mr de forest though there is so much in his books to remind the reader of the big war which the author had passed through with all his artistic senses alert the book in which i first made his acquaintance with the surprise and joy in an american who seemed to write novels with authority was altogether concerned with the war and its results and miss ravenel's conversion was not less valuable to me for the light it cast upon the motives and morals of the recent struggle than for the knowledge of men and women as such which it showed i have not read it since those far-off days and i have not recurred to his subsequent novels playing the mischief the wetherill affair overland and irene the missionary which i have hardly named in the order of their succession but i have read honest john vane more than once with a feeling of its mastery in handling the flabby material of our ordinary political virtue such as no other american novel has given me a certain impatience a certain contempt of his material on the moral side is what as nearly allies mr de forest's art in spite of his huguenot race to the new england ethicism so fatal to fiction as anything i have noted in him it forbids him the artist's impartial joy in the good bad and indifferent motives which his sole affair is to let show themselves what they are and it leaves him if not a partisan of the better a censor of the worse a certain scornful bluntness in dealing with the disguises in which women natures reveal themselves is perhaps at the root of that dislike which most women have felt for his fiction and which in a nation of women readers has prevented it from ever winning a merited popularity One i suppose his shapeliest novel is kate beaumont which might better have been called a family feud so largely is it the history of the hostilities between the beaumonts and mcallisters in a south carolina village before the war within the framework of this tragedy which has the comic reliefs visible to so true a humorist as mr de forest plays the love story of kate beaumont and frank mcallister they have met on the steamer bringing them home from a long sojourn in europe and he has fallen in love with her before she has fallen into the sea and been saved from death by her hereditary enemy 
he has the greatest loathing for the hereditary enmity which he considers a relic of barbarism and his rescue of kate beaumont forms a pretty basis for the reconciliation of their families when the young people get home the reconciliation is always just about to effect itself but is always turning into provisional hostilities and it does not actually take place till the close of the book when the lovers are duly married i confess that it was not with the expectation of finding kate beaumont a heroine to my hand that i turned again to the book and i there found her what i remembered her a sweet girl gentle and generous with a ready-made passion for her lover and otherwise a prevailing passivity it was in her sister nelly the wife of the drunken randolph armitage that i looked forward to meeting a second time a personality which greatly pleased me the first nelly armitage is a great little creature quite true to herself and her circumstance absolute woman and yet with rather more humour than is vouchsafed to most of her family she had married armitage for love of his beauty and as his vice grew upon him the proud girl had lived to suffer from him every ignominy of which blows were almost the least part when she ceases to love him she cannot leave him because of the public scandal which a woman of the beaumont race must not expose herself to and because she cannot do so without confessing to the other beaumonts things which will make it their duty and pleasure to kill her husband all the men in the book have an extraordinary vitality and nelly beaumont has her full share of it though the other women are rather scanted in behalf of the men she is pathetically heroically whimsically alive from the first moment and is never more so than when she falls in love with frank mcallister for her sister's sake and putting aside the historic beaumont hatred resolves that he shall be kate's husband she comes the more naturally to this pass when she at last abandons her own husband and takes refuge with her father for by this time life has taught her that the love of a good man is the best thing in the world and frank mcallister is good with the help of the heavenly powers she has fairly got the feud under her feet when her husband comes to claim her and in his drunken jealousy of frank not on hers but on kate's account tries to kill the young fellow whom he finds on a mission of peace in peyton beaumont's house his wild shooting brings down beaumont's saintly old father-in-law colonel kershaw frank's brothers looking about imagine that the beaumonts have attacked him and open fire upon the beaumonts who come running pistol in hand and the old feud flames out again in more infernal fury than ever but kershaw's death proves a real peace offering armitage is promptly turned out and when his initial is found on the fatal bullet and not the mcallisters the way is open to the beaumonts for that forgiveness of their enemies which the old man has urged upon them from his deathbed the families are reconciled and kate and frank are married two now that the prejudices of the war time and the anti-war time have effectively died away we may rejoice in the virtues which mr de forest shows consistent with so many vices in the beaumonts 
each of the men of that family is studied with an accuracy which brings him tangibly before us the father peyton beaumont a quivering mass of affection for his own flesh and blood an impersonation of the noblest and stupidest caste and family pride his hot blood on fire with constant cocktails and his life always in his hand for the resentment of insult an impassioned parent and an impenitent homicide vincent the cynical scientific product of the paris medical schools returned to the full acceptance of the south carolina conditions his younger brother poinsett bred to the law but practically no more a lawyer than vincent is a doctor serenely philosophical and amiable from premature fat but as devoted to the feud as the youngest brother tom with whom it is a religion the beaumonts are of huguenot race and by so much are more picturesque than the scotch-blooded mcallisters but these are scarcely less delicately differentiated though they are not touched with the same artistic affection the old judge mcallister as canny suave and slippery as peyton beaumont is dense frank and truthful is an admirable portrait and so is the kind consumptive mechanically homicidal eldest son bruce frank emancipated from all local tradition by his seven years study in europe and holding the feud in utter abhorrence is worthily the lover of kate beaumont but the women of his family are shown in the abeyance of the southern women in the slave-holding times it is only some woman liberated by unhappiness to a sort of family leadership who can have the importance of nelly beaumont but even she as a character is less livingly presented than even such a subordinate man as bentley armitage among the group of powerful men figures that of the old colonel kershaw who has outlived the sins of his youth and the errors of his civilization must profoundly interest the student his patriarchal paramountcy not only with the passionate beaumont but all his impassioned descendants is however an effect of native goodness which is now become saintly without having degenerated into weakness three have i been tacitly owning that even my chosen heroine in kate beaumont is not of the dominant quality which the other heroines of this series may justly claim she is of scarcely more force indeed than the heroines of dickens though of indefinitely more vitality it is not dickens however who in any way characterizes mr de forest but there are hints and traces of another influence in his novel which is all the more curious because charles reed never minimized woman's part in fiction the hints and traces to be sure are in the manner but there is a deeper affinity between the two writers in their divination of women's nature reed turned his seership to flattering account and so won the favour of a sex which he was apt to symbolise in the innocence of serpents and the wisdom of doves but it is the defect of mr de forest's temperament that he could not flatter the foibles of womanhood or even its faults i remember in miss ravenel's conversion a very lurid mrs leroy of whom i cannot think without shuddering the wife of honest john vane is pitilessly ascertained and there is a widow in playing the mischief who is not a mirror for widows to say the least 
in kate beaumont the old flirt mrs chester and the young flirt jenny devine are treated with a contempt equally open and unsparing all the more to the honour of such a brave and essentially good woman as nelly armitage who is married to her hurt and kept it hidden is the praise of an author so chary of flattery for woman she has kept her hurt so well hidden that none of the beaumonts who would have bathed it in blood have ever suspected it and when she takes kate home with her for a visit the girl is simply fascinated with her handsome brother-in-law and thinks her sister the happiest of wives the day after her coming to his house armitage is brought home from a debauch and with her sister she comes upon him lying senseless oh she exclaimed is he dying he is dead dead drunk replied the wife to think how i have loved him nelly went on that man has had all the good all the best that was in my heart he has had it and trampled on it and wasted it till it is gone i can hate now and i hate him i have seen the time when i could kneel and kiss the figures of the carpet which his feet had rested upon and now see how i hate him and despise him i can take a mean and cowardly revenge on him she suddenly advanced upon the senseless man and slapped his face with her open hand oh you woman what are you doing exclaimed kate seizing her and drawing her away nelly i won't love you yes i am hateful replied nelly do you know why i can't tell you half the reasons i have for being hateful look at that scar pointing to a mark on her forehead he did it he struck me with his doubled fist and that gash was cut by the ring which i gave him kate sat down covered her face with her hands and sobbed violently he had struck me before and he has struck me since and there have been other insults oh if my father and brothers knew they would kill him nelly whispered kate looking up piteously as if pleading for the man's life i know it but that is not all i have become so savage that it seems to me i would not mind that what i care for is the exposure if they should shoot him people would learn why it would be known that nelly beaumont could not live with her husband that she had failed as a wife and a woman i shall stay and fight it out here till i can fight no longer but i wanted some one's sympathy i wanted at least to tell my sister how miserable i am she stopped fell on her knees laid her head in the girl's lap and broke out in violent crying after a minute she rose lifted kate to her feet embraced her passionately and said in a voice which had suddenly become calm this is my first cry in two years my heart feels a little less like breaking let us go do you suppose he has heard asked the young woman glancing at armitage heard answered nelly with a hard laugh he couldn't hear the last trump if it should be blown in this room isn't he horrible and handsome four after a first moment of prejudice mrs armitage had taken a sudden liking to frank mcallister when at last she realized that she must leave her husband she was not sorry to find frank on the train that took her and her sister back to their father's house he behaved with such discreetness and in regard to kate with such slavish 
submission to mrs armitage's will that i am his sworn ally she said to her sister as they drove home from the hartland station if he proposes do you accept him then i will go to papa with the whole story and if he is naughty i will appeal to your grandpapa she lost no time in making her approaches to their father's heart through the story of her sufferings i have had to leave my husband and i am excusable for telling why had to leave your husband echoed the father his bushy eyebrows bristling and his eyes turning bloodshot the infamous scoundrel he was so much of a beaumont that he asked for no more than the fact that his daughter had felt herself compelled to leave her husband on that he judged the case at once and for ever be perfectly easy he won't live the month out have a care what you do replied nelly i don't want the whole world to know what i've suffered who is going to know it interrupted the old fire-eater by heavens i will shoot the man that dares to know it you can't shoot the women said nelly the skill with which she plays upon the tenderness of her father in behalf of her sister have their effect in his consenting that if the feud can once be extinguished kate shall marry frank mcallister but i can't discuss it now he protests do let me alone do you want to break my heart no nor kate's either said nelly and presently there is a scene between kate and her father who sees her unhappy and must know why is it more than a beaumont can endure he repeated gently though with an appeal to the family pride no it is not more answered kate the father was not satisfied for he did not want his daughter to suffer at all i did not seek this new quarrel he said i can truly declare that judge mcallister forced it upon me i could live with the man decently if he would let me oh father i have nothing to say about these matters why do you explain them to me because i don't want you to blame me i can't bear it i say i could live with those people as for the young man i mean mr frank mcallister i respect him and like him kate in spite of her virginal modesty gave him a glance of gratitude that stung him he started and then resigned himself the girl did love that man i must speak out he declared it is my duty as a father i know that this young man likes you and wishes to marry you if your happiness is concerned i must know that then i will see what i can do kate could endure no longer she was fairly driven into a burst of tears and sobbing she clutched her father and buried her face in his neck all the while kissing him it was the same as to say i am very miserable but do not be unhappy about it and do not be vexed with me oh my poor child he repeated several times patting her shoulder in a helpless way the most discomforted of comforters at last she recovered her self-possession a little gradually lifting her head until her lips touched his ear papa i will tell you everything she whispered i did love him and oh i do if you had let him propose to me i should have taken him but now it is different since i have seen how it must always be between our families i have decided that i will never marry him not even if you consent i will not risk being put in hostility with my own family and now let me go quick let me run the instant he loosed his embrace she rustled out of the room and away to her own chamber shutting the door upon herself with a noise of hurry which he could plainly hear
five all this it must be owned is very sweet and true and there is nothing anywhere forced in the note of kate beaumont's character she is always very naturally and delicately a girl who suffers into admirable womanhood but the want of something salient in her appearances unfits her for quotation perhaps that is the worst that can be said of her the worst that can be said of her author is that he was apt to leave his work in a certain unfinished and at last he left it altogether i think it one of the greatest pities of our literary history that about twenty years ago mr de forest ceased to print if he did not cease to write fiction i suspect that the only book he has recently published a lover's revolt is of a much earlier invention it has the virtues and the defects of all his work it is strongest in the portrayal of men's characters though its women cannot be said to be either weakly or falsely done their natures are truly but not kindly rendered and this is a sort of error in the handling again as always before the artist's contempt for their duplicity masters his sense of the goodness the sincerity indeed which consists with that duplicity he is distinctly a man's novelist and as men do not need novelists so much apparently as women his usefulness has been limited when he was writing the novels which like kate beaumont commanded for him the admiration of those among his countrymen best fitted to know good work it seemed reasonable that he should be lastingly recognized as one of the masters of american fiction and i for one shall never be willing to own him less though i cannot read many pages of his without wishing he had done this or that differently it is not only the master who chooses to leave things in the rough it is sometimes the prentice who has not yet learned how to shape them perfectly still in spite of all this i remember and i feel his strenuous imaginative gift working with a sort of disdainful honesty to the effects of art finer not stronger workmen succeeded him and a delicate realism more responsive to the claims and appeals of the feminine oversoul replaced his inexorable veracity in the fate of his fiction whether final or provisional it is as if this sensitive spirit had avenged the slight it felt and as the habit of women is over avenged itself it had revealed itself to him as it does only to the masters of fiction and he had seemed not to prize the confidence had mocked at it or what was worse had made it the text for dramatic censures far more cutting and insufferable than sermons in the lapse of time however the woman's soul may revise and even reverse its judgments it is capricious as well as implacable and it is possible that in some future moment it may fancy seeing itself as a most truthful man-soul saw it and then mr de forest's belated turn will have come End of section thirty